Getting married is an event that holds a different meaning for everyone. For some, it's based on religious traditions, and for others, it's a validation of an earlier choice they made to live with that special someone they love. Hi, I'm Lauren, and welcome to Choosing Your Reflection, a series of discussions that reflect upon the reasons we have for choosing our wedding day outfits. Our guests are diverse, but they all share a common journey. As they share their stories, they'll help us unravel the mystique that exists around choosing that special outfit and what they learned about themselves along the way. Today we have Stephen and Lee Preston. They are the hosts of 10 Days and Counting, a marriage, dating, and relationship advice podcast. The name comes from the fact that they met online and got married in 10 days. It's a second marriage for them both, and this year, in December 2020, which is this month, they will celebrate their eighth wedding anniversary. And in between them, they have five children, ages 24, 21, 18, 15, and 14. When they're not recording their podcast, Lee is a SANE certified forensic rape crisis nurse manager and director of real estate, while Stephen is an art director and graphic designer. Well, I'm so excited to have you both. So I guess for me, the elephant in the room is, wow, 10 days. Uh, as, <laughs> as someone who's been engaged for almost two years, 10 days is so fast. You are so much wiser. <laughs> yeah. We don't try to hide the fact that it was a very poorly thought out decision with no plan. And we would highly ill-advise anybody to take the same route we did. Um, it was very spur of the moment. It was very unfair to our own children. And there were a lot of problems. You know, I mean, when people hear that story and then they see how we are together, it's almost like what you see on social media where people seem to look a certain way and you just want to have that life. And I know that like people look at us and, you know, it's like, oh, it's this romantic story of meeting in 10 days and then getting married. You know, we never even went on a date. We spent three days on the phone after we met online and, uh, but, you know, they hear that story and it's like, wow, how amazing and whatever. And it's like, yeah, but it was a rough first year, you know, rough first couple of years with a lot of hurdles, and a lot of obstacles and a lot of things that we needed to work through. So there certainly was no wisdom in it when you consider that there were others involved. And I would say that was probably, you know, the only concern um, looking back that should have been a larger concern for us. His children were young, but mine were 16 and 12 at the time, both boys. And so I had gone through a pretty difficult divorce and a lot of life changes for them as a whole. So it, you know, so it was definitely difficult for them. And I think learning is that it's so important to be able to ask your children to forgive you and to be able to say, hey, I was wrong and I'm so sorry. You'll be surprised how accepting your children are, especially as they mature. They'll look back on that and remember that my mom made mistakes and she was willing to say she was sorry and it'll help them and teach them. But it sounds like despite all of those difficult hurdles and changing your life so drastically in such a short time that you have come out of it with something really beautiful and something really strong, which is so lovely. And I kind of want to know what was the catalyst to say, let's go get married? Was there a specific <laughs> moment for that? Well, I don't know. Like, I think, you know, Lee, I think I had said something about us getting married and she's like, why not this Friday? <laughs> like, Okay, sure. After work. Yeah, after that. work. We'll do it after work. I'll go to TJ Maxx and get a dress and, you know, uh, you know, I already had a suit and we'll just go to the courthouse and we'll do it. 
I think in the back of our minds, you know, there were things in our divorce agreements where, um, like neither one of us could have somebody like spend the night if we were dating somebody or whatever. And at the time we were about two hours apart, about hour and a half. I lived in Blairsville, Georgia. She was in Cleveland, Tennessee. And so the travel time, you know, back and forth constantly. And, and, you know, you're married now. You want to be together all the time. And we were very, very comfortable with each other. Also, I was raised very religious and very strict. So like spending the night with somebody that you're not married to was like a huge deal for me and also for him as well. And so, you know, looking back, certainly no judgment to people who do or don't, but I think that we made the right choice for ourselves at that time. However, I probably would have been like, oh, spending the night over at your house is not such a bad idea. <laughs> and let's learn a little more about each other. But we just, we just clicked so easily and so well. And we spent three days, literally. I was in nursing school at the time. So when I wasn't in school or at work, we were on the phone talking. So we learned what you might learn about someone in a year of dating, talking on the phone in a few days time. And I can honestly say that we do not, we don't fuss. We don't argue. We really don't have any disagreements. And had we not had children, um, we probably, we may never have really had any disagreements in the eight years we've been married. The psychology of things, you can dig deep and probably try to figure out why we did what we did. And I could probably talk for, you know, a long time to tell you some of my history and why I did it. Because I can, you know, I've definitely learned things about myself over the years, from insecurities to bad previous marriages and things like that, that you're grasping for some happiness and something like that. I'm sure a psychologist would love to get a hold of our 10 days and break it apart. So, (laughs) The other thing I would add too, is that, you know, Lee said that we don't fuss, we don't fight. We'll talk about how relationships or marriages are so much work. You know, you'll see it in social media posts and you'll hear counselors talk about it and whatever. And for me, I don't look at it as work. I look at it as learning. And we have been in this relationship and have learned how to communicate with each other. So those times where either my tone was off or she wasn't understanding what I was trying to say or I wasn't understanding what she was trying to say, taking those experiences and then filing them somewhere. So when a similar situation comes back, you learn from that. You know, I mean, it's just, it's like school every day. Added with the fact that we are just really good friends, like we love each other's personalities and we love to hang out. So, you know, it's just something that took a lot of work in the beginning, but we stayed committed to it and had some compromises and we just gel, you know, and that was the reason for starting the podcast to try to help other people who are either struggling or who are about to be married or dating, you know, or whatever to say, look, these are the experiences that we've gone through. We try to be as transparent as possible. And we really just want to try to help people bring that divorce rate down, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Focusing in a little bit back on those 10 days, obviously you decided to get married. Was it on day 10 that you decided or was it on day five? How much time did you have to prepare from, you know, deciding to do it on, you mentioned a Friday, to the time where you said I do? I think it was day seven. Yeah. We didn't have very much time. There was very little time to make any kind of plans or anything. And so it it probably was about day seven that we decided to do that. 
might have even been like day nine. But I just because <laughs> I remember going into work and I was scared to tell anybody because I figured they would all try to talk me out of it. And one of my coworkers just flipped her lid and she like grabbed me and she's like, "No, Lee, you cannot do this." don't do this. And so, you know, and then I talked to her and then after I talked to her, she actually felt very good about what I was doing and, um, and everything. So it was very fast. Like it's such a blur. It was so fast. (laughs) So considering how fast it was, what were your thoughts going into day 10 for what you were going to wear and how that was going to show, you know, sort of a love letter to each other? I had been married before and I had had a big wedding. And I was raised, like I said, very religious and all of those wonderful things. So I had a lot of parameters that I had to stay within. For this wedding, we were both broke as convicts. You know, it's always funny because I'm a huge clothes horse. Like I love clothes. And if I were rich, I probably would wear something once and then I would donate it to someone and wear something different. Because what you have on, it makes you feel so different gives you confidence, makes you feel better. You know, you gain a little weight, you buy a new outfit, it'll make you feel a little better about yourself, you know, all of those kinds of things. So even though he had seen me in hardly any outfit that I owned, it was still like I wanted something new so that I would feel that going through this process. And so we got married at the courthouse. And I remember thinking, I really can't afford to buy a dress. But I went to TJ Maxx and looked and found a dress for like $14 on the clearance rack. And it was so incredibly cute. And it was sleeveless. I showed my shoulders (laughs) and I showed my mother or my grandmother might not, my mom does not care actually. But I was like, my father, my grandfather, my grandmother will not approve of this dress and doggone it. I am almost 40 years old and I am putting it on and wearing it. So I guess a little bit of me was even at 39 trying to be a a little rebellious because I had never really done anything rebellious. Maybe that's why I got married in 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was the newest suit that I had. And I think the only planning that we actually did was the fact that it was like a tan in the brown family. And that happened to be the color of the dress that she had gotten that she purchased. So we matched. And the dress that she wore, it spoke volumes as far as who she is. Like it definitely did fit her and it was beautiful. Even in its, uh, what's the word I want? Even in its lacking uh, the quality of being (laughs) wedding-esque, if I can say it that way, it definitely was more than what the courthouse was probably used to seeing. You know, I mean, it was, it was beautiful. I mean, she just looks so stunning. Well, you know, uh, TJ Maxx has some great clothes. I don't know if y'all have them where you are, but oh yeah, then, yeah. But you can definitely find some name brand, you know, great things. And so I just really lucked up that day. It was like a nude, kind of a nude beige color. But I wanted it to kind of feel like maybe what you would do at an outdoor wedding or a little simple uh, family affair or something like that. So that's kind of what I had in mind, and I really just got lucky that I found that as easily as I did. It was almost like the heavens telling us that it was okay to do this, you know, (laughs) just work perfectly budget wise, uh, the time it took to find it, the color. I mean, it was just meant to be. It's still hanging in my closet. We live in a 680 square foot condo. So my closet space is very limited and I keep my off season clothes at my parents, but um, but I still will like put it on and go, can I still fit into it? Oh, I can. It's stretchy. So I can keep it 
kidding. I can say, oh, I can still fit in my wedding dress. <laughs> and it's funny because my first wedding dress, never wanted to see it again. Couldn't tell you where it is today. Like I have no idea what happened to that dress. Um, so it's, you know, it's very different experience as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's freedom for $14. Like, why not? Why not? <laughs> why not take it? And right. for the price and for the quality. And yeah, it's this experience that you cherish. And it doesn't matter what the price tag is. It matters who's standing across from you and the value that you're putting into that marriage. Certainly. Did it take you long to find it? It didn't. I found it right away. That's what I'm saying. It really was like just this moment where I saw that dress and I used to um, go shopping like on my lunch break and people are like, it's amazing how you can find something so quickly. And I'm like, I know when I look at something, if it's going to work or not. So I usually can just go through a place very quickly and determine if there's going to be something there that I'm going to like. So I went straight to the back of the store where the clearance stuff was. And, uh, and it was just, it was just there. I mean, they don't have a, a large selection typically. In the TJ Maxx that I went to, when I go there now, they have nothing like that any longer. It's like all sportswear. Could you tell me a little bit about the ceremony and when you guys actually did get married and what that was like for the two of you, how you felt? I think she came to my apartment and then we got in the same car and then we drove to the courthouse and it was unbelievable. My physical attraction to her was already there, but when she showed up in that dress, I was like, holy Actually, cow. we got ready at your apartment. I think I brought the dress, oh, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got ready right. there. Mm-hmm. We have never actually talked about this. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We got ready at my yeah. apartment and went to the courthouse. You see these two very well-dressed people going into the courthouse. Like you definitely know what's going on, right? Like you're not there for a first appearance or anything like that. <laughs> so we walk in and I don't even know how it came up because we shared with the judge that this was only like the 10th day of our relationship. And he just kind of looked at us for a little bit and he was going to go ahead and perform the ceremony, but he wanted us to come back in a year because he didn't think that we were going to make it. There was no way he thought we were going to still be together. There was no aisle to walk down. Yeah. It was just the two of us. Yeah. Remember me telling you bad choices. (laughs) My children had not even met him when we got married. So they had met him via computer, but they had not met him in person. So um, another poor choice. But yeah, it was just us. My parents were not okay with it, but they tried to be supportive. They actually sent us flowers that day to his apartment as a congratulatory. But I think deep down they were like, what in the world is happening? And I had been so unhappy for so long. You know, they wanted me to be happy, but they also wanted the best for me. They were concerned, you know, just about finances and relationship, not knowing someone and, you know, all of the things that I had been through previously. And then the rest of my extended family, other than my brother, cut me off after that. So they were not okay with me getting remarried. And so I've actually had basically no contact with any of my family since he and I got married as a result of that. That was one of the reasons we didn't tell a lot of people and went ahead and did it quickly. Now, you know, thinking back and reflecting, there would have been no support for that anyway. And I knew that all along. So yeah, so it's, it, was a, it was a stressful day. It was exciting, but it was also very stressful and and kind of a sad day when it's reflected on in that sense. Understandably, that's extremely upsetting that not everyone was supportive. I used to really, you know, 
kind of just ache over my children and always doing what was right for them and not getting a divorce because of them and things like that. And one day my mom sat me down and we watched this old movie and I cannot remember the name of it, but it basically was this woman who spent her whole life making sure that her children were happy and doing everything for her children. And then um, they grew up and left her and then she was alone and there was no one there. My mom basically was like, I wanted you to see this because you have to understand that your life is important too. And your children are going to have their own lives and you have to be healthy mentally. And so that was a, an excellent life lesson as well. So do you guys ever think about doing another sort of ceremony or renewing of vows or reception where you could invite the people who couldn't be there with you that day, like your kids? No, I was waiting for him to answer. We, we actually, I surprised her on our fifth anniversary. We renewed our vows in Vegas at the Elvis Chapel of Love thing. I don't yeah, know. it was so much There's fun. so many of them. I think they're all called Elvis Chapel I'm of something. I'm a huge Elvis there. fan. So yeah, yeah that she's was... a huge Elvis fan. So I secretly surprised her. I think mom and dad got to watch it because it was also broadcast online. That was fun. And we actually did it in March. So we always said, you know, since we got married so close to Christmas, we would make March our actual like our new anniversary so we could afford to do something. Another bad decision. Don't (laughs) get married. Don't get married around Christmas time. (laughs) You already don't have money and now you're married and now there's these additional financial problems. And yeah, Christmas is not a good time to get married (laughs) unless you're an elf. (laughs) And I, I was waiting to see what he would say because I think about it all the time. You know, I'm like, so two more years, it'll be 10. So 10 years if we did, and then I'm like, oh, why bother? Like, it's like, (laughs) because it's like, well, who's going to come? I mean, our children obviously would come. My parents would come and my brother probably, but it's like the relationships that we've built along the years have meant so much. And it's like the ceremony part of it really isn't as important as the relationships that we've built with our family. So I think a celebration of going to dinner and everybody being together and, you know, and something like that we might, we might do as a, as a large family and everybody's older and more mature, you know, and things like that now, which is nice. But I've actually played that out in my head and I've walked down the street and actually found like the perfect wedding dress that I wear (laughs) when I was walking one day and I was like, oh, if I could afford that, I actually took a picture of it and sent it was like, hey. If I ever get married again, or if we renew our vows, can I wear this dress? And it was just beautiful. So, so I do think about it. Let me rephrase that. I've thought about it. We as a couple have never talked about it though. No, we haven't. So, but yeah, I've definitely thought about it, you know, but like I said, at the same time, it's, it would be a very intimate thing if we did it because there would be very few people that we are so close to that we would want there. And I think that's the other aspect about weddings in general and Please, Lauren, I'm not trying to rain on your upcoming <laughs> wedding parade. But, you know, for me, my thought on the whole thing is it's like, and, and two, this is, this is 52 years of life, right? It's not like just a teenager's view of things. So it's like if we were to do it all over again, it would be very small. It would be very intimate. And it would be the people that are close to us, you know, that know our story, that have invested something in our lives and that we've also invested in because to me that's really the way it should be you know i think the the history behind actually having a wedding is to make it known that these two people are no longer available right 
mm-hmm. and to announce that to as big a crowd as possible. But when you think about what the ceremony actually represents, to me, that should be a much more intimate thing. There's other ways that I can let people know that she is no longer on the market. You know, her Facebook status is in this day and age is good <laughs> enough. Um, or as many pictures with her on Instagram as we can possibly take to let them know, Hey, I'm the guy. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely something that I just, I feel like should just be, just be way more intimate. To counter his point, it's a huge celebration. And so a lot of people want a lot of people there to celebrate with them, but I do agree with him. We take a wedding and make it so much about others and pleasing other people from the dress we buy to the food we're going to have to the people that we invite or even to the wedding party, right? So who's telling us who has to be in the wedding party? My grandmother told me who had to be in mine. So it's a very much pleasing of others. And so often we forget about who it's for and why we're doing it. And it gets caught up in all of the other and and not about the, the people that are getting married and the lives that are being committed to one another. So marriage is a union and it doesn't matter who the spectators are. You don't need spectators to have a relationship. Absolutely. You don't need the spectators to have unity between two people. Actually, right. the less spectators, your yeah, relationship is probably yeah. going to be better with yeah, the less, less of the them. Better. Yeah. Well, I actually, and I don't have the statistics in front of me, but I, I saw an article the other day, I wish I knew the title, where it said that the price of your engagement ring actually is directly related to the percentage chance of you getting a divorce. Whoa. <laughs> That's why we did so well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because we went to Walmart and got our wedding ring. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were actually thumb rings. We decided we were going to be way different since this was such a, I, don't know, I almost said abnormal, um, different way of getting married and doing it quickly. We had actually thought, well, we'll just do, we'll do thumb rings. We won't do the third finger. And so we went and got thumb rings and I actually still wear mine. I don't wear mine anymore. I don't really know why, but I did upgrade to like a regular ring a couple of years after yeah. we got married. But yeah. yeah. So we have really good chance because Walmart rings and a TJ Maxx dress and no, <laughs> right. no price on the, uh, on the suit. So I think we were, we're heading the right direction. You didn't have to run sure. a reception hall or pay a pre. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we went out to eat at like first time ever. Yeah. We hadn't even been out to eat before we got married. So it was like our first dinner and eating in front of each other, I think. So yeah, it's crazy. That's <laughs> still crazy when I think about it. Now that you're talking about it, what was that dinner like? What did you guys talk about? We talked about everything already. Yeah, that's the thing. Like we, <laughs> our, our conversations were just really deep and really focused. For me, my perspective was we had been through so much in our first marriages that we knew what we wanted and what we didn't want. And there was no fear there. There was no trepidation about what to ask and no trepidation about what the answer could possibly be. We were both really in, like just basically in agreement on everything. We agreed that we shouldn't spend the night together, what role God was going to play in our lives and how we were going to, well, I don't know if the disciplining of children came up during those conversations. No, that was had, later. But we did end up, you know, working that out. And I've loosened up a lot too. Religion's definitely taken a totally different turn for me in the last eight years as well. And I think because of losing my family and all of that was attached to religious reasons, you know, so I, I definitely have a very different perspective and outlook on religion and that part of my life, which could be a whole nother podcast. But, you know, it's just, it's amazing how I had lived in such a bubble my entire life. I got married just a couple of weeks after I turned 19. 
uh, the first time and I was married for 18 years. So for me, I had just lived in just a bubble and was so naive. And um, so even at my age of, gosh, we've been married eight years and I'm 46. I was 38 when we got married. So, I mean, I was not a baby. I was, you know, it seems so young now, but she never had a drink until she met me. Yeah, I think, well, I had like, I had like a drink of alcohol a couple of times, but like a sip, but like a full on actually drinking something. Yeah, that's true. I had not ever done that until I was 40. So um, yeah, I was just very, very strict. I had some immediate regrets, like not necessarily at dinner, but because of the bubble that I lived in, I thought everyone lived life like me and never thought that people had different experiences that I did. So right down to, oh, somebody would drink or something like it. It never occurred to me to even ask those kinds of questions necessarily because that's not something I did. So I just assumed everyone was like, I mean, just ridiculous, right? Like completely ridiculous thinking. And so I remember in some conversations, finding some things out about him. And I was like, you did what? You've done what? And I thought, oh my gosh, what have I done? So I do remember having that. And then the very next morning we went to basketball games and I remember thinking, oh, what a honeymoon this is. We're at children's basketball games. Like, you know, so it it very much went from, oh, this is so exciting to holy crap, we are already dealing with real life. Like within a few hours, it was just back to real life again. And so I think to do over, I would love for us to have like been able to go on a honeymoon and we've gotten to do so many wonderful things since then. So we live life to the fullest and definitely get that time back. But it was certainly a wake up of, hey, reality's here. There's five children in your life and things like that. I don't really remember anything earth shattering. Then we just kind of looked at each other and go, it was just wow, exciting. Just, yeah. You know? I mean, it's just like, it was like a kind of a Thelma Louise moment, you know, where you're, you're in the, you're in the car and you're just flying down the road. You're not even worried about the cliff that's coming up, you know, because you don't think there is one. And next morning at the basketball game, the cliff showed up. Not bad, but not in a bad way. No, but I mean, there was definitely, uh, there were definitely some just reality, you know, yeah, just reality. Reality is going to hit whether you want it to or not. So definitely definitely. sooner rather than later. You talked a little bit about your religious background. Is that something that played a factor in guys getting married as well? Uh, as far as like what our, what our decisions were about religion? Well, she's yeah. asking, are we the same? Like I, I was raised uh, Pentecostal, um, not holiness necessarily. Well, I guess it is Pentecostal holiness. And he was not raised religiously, but his first wife was Baptist. So he kind of was introduced to that and became very ingrained in that and embraced that. So both Christian backgrounds, but very different in that aspect. But his Baptist church that he went to is very strict as well. I mean, there's a lot of, obviously, as you know, different um, denominations um, out there. And even though they're in the same Baptist denomination, there's a lot of different sects. So his was a pretty strict background. And so that came into play. So I think him wanting to continue down that religious path, like we had that commonality. But that's what she was asking, I think, was, did we, you know, like, were you Buddhist and I was a Christian? Or <laughs> like, was it common ground? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, ground? so we definitely... Yeah, 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 yeah. There was definitely common ground. And as a matter of fact, I remember I knew that she was the right one when I sent her a text message that we had not talked on the phone yet. 
And of course, with online dating, you, you definitely, you know, you want to be careful when you open that door up, right? Because you just never know. And I remember sending her a text message that said, hey, I just wanted you to know that I've been praying for us. And within two minutes, she sends me a text back and says, call me. And that's when the conversation started. So I think if we're, if we're actually analyzing this, I think that that part of our life was actually the catalyst starting that conversation. Yeah. And I think it still is, you know, an important aspect. And like I said, my religious beliefs or feelings or whatever have changed a lot over the last eight years. But, you know, we pray every morning before we leave together. And I think that's a, you know, just like a huge thing that sets our day forward and keeps us committed to one another. I think that regardless of your ideas of religion or what your belief system is, that if you come together with your partner each morning and you commit that day to one another in some way, that will definitely, you know, keep that relationship healthier and set it up even just your day to be off to a better start. So I think that, you know, setting those foundations early on, like we did, has created um, something long lasting and something that we've done literally for eight years. So yeah, I missed asking this question a little further back. So I would love to ask it now. When you did renew your vows in Las Vegas, and it was live streamed and people could watch it. Did you guys wear, you know, sort of tying it back into the reflection and choosing and the outfits that you wear? Did you guys wear anything special for that day as well? Oh, yeah. We well, this one, this one over here is definitely going to wear something special. But I didn't know. About, I mean, it was a surprise. Yeah, she didn't know about but it. But I had figured out because he was like, you might want to bring something nice. And I was like, well, we're going to Vegas. Of course, I'm going to bring something nice. Yeah. But, but it actually was not over the like i think i was a little it was more like vegas dressy like it was a yeah, gold yeah, kind of yeah. she like, laid out right. she had she brought i think you brought like three dresses yeah and you had laid them all out and she goes okay whatever it is that we're doing which one of these is best going to fit for what it is we're doing and so i picked out the one that thought would would work and of course it was this very shiny silver not sequined but no it, it was, was it was rather it just glittery. had a little shimmer it had yeah, a shimmer yeah. to it like a little like, shimmer, that's the yeah. one that's the one you're going to want to wear yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah and i think i just um he wore another suit. suit yeah i just <laughs> i have now have a gray suit added to the <laughs> added to my wardrobe and uh purple tie and uh yeah so yeah we still we still dressed up and we still put some thought into it there just wasn't as much for her because she had no idea what was what was happening Mm-hmm. What made you pick the shimmery one? It just screamed Vegas. I mean, that's just all it was. It just screamed Vegas. You're going to the Elvis Chapel of Love. You got to wear something that looks like Vegas. I mean, it didn't. And, and two, that, that, that also represented her as well. Like, uh, there's nothing that she doesn't own that doesn't represent who she is and, and uh, you know, how she likes to dress. But it was, yeah, it just, it just screamed Vegas. That's all. She it wasn't pretty, gaudy though, I promise. No, 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 no. It, wasn't, no, it, wasn't. it sounds a there little were no, gaudy. Like, feathers or anything, a headdress or anything like that. Uh, but, but, uh, but yeah, and she looked really, really fabulous in it too. So, if those outfits could talk, what would they say about each other? And I would love to know, Stephen, what do you think Lee's outfit would say to her? And Lee, what do you think Stephen's outfit would say to him? I know it's a weird question. <laughs> I'm just trying to wrap my, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. You've got to understand. I'm in my fifties. My cognitive abilities are waning. Um, 
So what do I think Lee's outfit would say to her? Would say to her, like if it had something to say to her? For example, when you're a doctor, you put on your coat and that coat says you're a doctor. No, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like if I'm going to a business meeting, I'm going to wear one thing. If I'm going to Vegas, I'm going to wear another. So, so yeah. Or just even out on a Friday. Right. So yeah. And, and, and it's a representation and, and not everyone is that way. I think, I think some people wear, they wear things because they want to be comfortable every minute of their lives. I definitely do not dress to be comfortable. <laughs> That's not my thought at the no. beginning of the day. So so and I, and I, I would say either. my, if, if I were to answer that question first, then it would be, um, the suit would say, Stephen, this is what Lee wants you to wear tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know you want to wear a t-shirt and jeans, but <laughs> this is what she would prefer. Huh. And if you want to have a good evening from this point on, put the suit on. But what did the dress say to me, honey? What did the dress say to you? Um, I think the dress would say to you. Girl, you were supposed to wear me. <laughs> you look fine. Look at the way you just slide right into this dress. Because well, she did. She looked one amazing. of them I was a little curvy and I had gained a little weight when I was I think the second one was definitely saying <laughs> you slid into this. Yeah, and you just slid right into this. You're gonna have to get yanked out. But it also speaks as you know, it also speaks as far as like who she is. Like she's very stylish. Um, she's very put together. And that that dress said that too. She, the dress would say, Yep, you picked the right one because this is you. This is exactly who you are. Is there anything you want to add in regards to the podcast? You know, the idea behind the podcast was to help people. We both have servant hearts, I believe. You know, we were looking around at the relationships of other people and we just didn't get it. And we just couldn't understand uh, why people seem to struggle so much. Then that's when the idea of the podcast came up. The podcast is allowing us the ability to try to connect with people and to try to be authentic with people and to help them to realize that there are some struggles that we have. And there were a lot of them in the very first year, but we were able to work through it. And here's why we were able to work through it. The website is the number 10 daysandcounting.com. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. What would help us to help people more is if people actually sent us their issues that they're dealing with. Yeah, we would love questions and things like that and be able to have topics to discuss and keep them completely confidential. And I think that if we could be a resource that could make a bigger change in the world, then I, I think that's a great thing. I'd, I'd love to be a part of that. Thanks for listening. Check out our website, choosingyourreflection.com, where we unravel the mystery of the perfect wedding outfit. Check back next week when another beautiful soul takes on the journey of choosing their reflection. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.